Well, thank you, Hannah. Well, we have our, our last Christmas carol that we're going to look at briefly, but first I want to sort of set the stage that might give you a hint which carol this is. Let me move that. A little girl brought home her Christmas drawing from a lesson at church. And her mom looked at this very unusual Christmas picture and asked a few questions. First, she said, well, you know, why are all these people riding at, in an airplane at Christmas? And the mother answered, well, I mean, the, the daughter answered, well, mommy, that's the flight to Egypt. <laughs> Took a while. <laughs> Nodding, her mother asked, who is this mean-looking man in the front? Her daughter answered knowingly, that's Pontius, the pilot. (laughs) And looking at the picture even more closely, the mother said, now I see Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus, but who is this large man sitting behind Mary? Well, can't you tell, the little girl asked, that's round John Virgin. Well, maybe there's some parts of the Christmas story that we also don't quite understand. And tonight we're going to look briefly at the message of what is perhaps the most beloved and popular carol across the world. It was 1818, before Christmas Eve service, in a village in Oberndorf, Austria, And it was discovered that the organ in St. Nicholas's church didn't work. And so later that night, they were going to do a lot of songs, all of which needed an organ. And so Father Joseph Moore decided to compose a new song to be used that night. A song to be written for guitar because, of course, the organ is broken. And so he quickly wrote down the words to a new song to be used that night. He wrote the lyrics in German. And he asked a musician named Franz Gruber to compose the tune for this most beloved of carols that he called, um, I have to look at the German name, Stille Nacht. Anybody speak German? Did, Did I do it okay, Santa? Okay. But you know it as... He wrote six verses to this song, and we only have three. The English translation didn't come for another 50 years. And so here's that little village in Oberndorf, Austria. And now we'll look at some of the words. Silent night, holy night. All is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child. Holy infant, so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. This carol and both the words and the music radiate just this, this sense of peace. To imagine it was written in one day so quickly by Father Joseph and Franz Gruber that wrote the tune to it. And so we have this overwhelming sense of peace. The first coming of Jesus, he's described as tender and mild. He comes to bring peace to a struggling world. That's what we often remember at Christmas. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. But Philippians 2, verses 6 and 7, provide an amazing description of what God did through Jesus. It talks about Jesus and says, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, 
He gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. So Christmas peace is not some special air that we breathe this time of year where everybody feels great. The true Christmas peace comes from the baby who came down from heaven to do what no other person was able to ever achieve because it took God to achieve that. He restored peace between God and mankind. So Christmas peace and Christmas is not really us acting right so God will accept us and give us a good Christmas. Christmas peace is something much bigger It's the beginning of something divinely spectacular. The incarnation brought God close enough that we could touch him. Imagine touching God. It's one of my favorite carols is when the one that talks, you know, I think Amy Grant sang it and says, imagining touching the face of God in your hands that night. What a spectacular thing. And it was just the beginning. So let me ask you tonight, where does your Christmas peace come from? Goodwill in the air of Christmas? Or a close relationship with the God-man that Jesus came to earth to relate to you, to open the pathway to God? So Silent Night's first stanza, now the second. Silent Night, Holy Night, Shepherds Quake at the Sight. Glory stream from heaven afar. Heavenly hosts sing Alleluia. Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. So it says that when the shepherds saw this 10,000 angel choir, that they were afraid, they trembled, they quaked. A natural human response. Can you imagine what that looked like, seeing all the supernatural beings that were in the air, it would overwhelm anyone. Imagine seeing glory streams from heaven afar while these angels sing and celebrate this world-changing event. And it says, Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior, he would become the bridge from heaven down to earth, because we were unable to find God on our own. We couldn't ever be perfect enough. But he was the bridge that came down to us. So when we touch God, we also touch the bridge that will take us to heaven. So where does your Christmas peace come from? Where does your peace come from? So... Christ the Savior is born. That bridge is only for those who choose to believe. There was a young boy who went to a pet shop, and he wanted to to buy a puppy. And and so he asked the owner, where are the puppies? And the owner kind of directed him, they're over there. And so he went, and there, you know, of course, they were in a little cage, and he was looking and handling all of the different puppies. And then he walked up to the front, and he asked, well, how much are the puppies? And so the owner gave him an amount. And so the boy said, okay, I promise I'm going to come back. You know, it'll probably be a couple of weeks because I need to earn the money for the puppy. And so the owner said to him, Don't take too long. Puppies sell quickly. And the boy said, well, mine will still be there. So the boy worked hard for the next couple of weeks. And he showed up and returned with his cash. And he hands this cash to the owner. And the owner says to him, okay, go get your puppy. So he goes and he he gets this puppy. and, And he starts for the door. And the owner says, oh, wait, wait. You know, 
you don't want that. When he had picked out a skinny little dog with a limp leg when he was starting for the door, and the owner says, you don't want that when he's crippled. He'll never run with you. He can't fetch. Take one of Take one of the healthy pups. And the boy said, no, thank you, sir. This is exactly the puppy that I want. And the boy started to turn to leave. The owner suddenly looked at him closely, and then he understood. Extending out from the bottom of the boy's pant leg was a brace around his leg. The boy was crippled, too. He knew exactly how the puppy felt, and he wanted to rescue it. God knows just how we feel. He became one of us. And Hebrews tells us that he sympathizes with us. And he came so he could rescue us. Just like the boy rescued the puppy, God came to rescue an entire world. So are you struck by awe and trembling when you consider what God did on Christmas? And what do you really want to receive from this Christmas, from that baby in the manger? Are you tired of striving to earn your way to God? Because Jesus comes to open the door wide to relationship with God. And he offers that. And it's based on grace, not on our performance, not on our works. So silent night, verse 3. Holy night. Son of God loves pure light. Radiant beams from thy holy face. With the dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. This is my favorite verse. At the transfiguration, the only human beings to ever see just a tiny glimpse of that glory that was in God. If we were to look on glory, the glory of God, it would, we would die. It's like our eyes looking at the sun. And they caught this little glimpse only at the transfiguration. The radiant beams from his holy face. And they see this light. Now, I wonder, do you know that the human eye can only see a very small slice of the spectrum of light? You know, for all practical purposes, light is infinite. Did you know that? The spectrum, the wavelengths of light from the way beyond infrared to way beyond ultraviolet. There, it's an infinite light spectrum. And we can only see this amount. But what a great representation of the infinite nature of God, don't you think? That we look upon the brightness and the glory and our sun doesn't even capture it all. And there's so much more light that we don't see. And that's who God is, even at Christmas, especially at Christmas. John 1.14 or 1.4 says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. See, Son of God loves pure light means that God's love and God's light were woven together in perfect harmony. Now some think, you know, I really like the God that starts in the Gospels in the New Testament. He's so much nicer. You ever heard anyone say that? The God of the Old Testament. He was grumpy and mean. And then somehow God suddenly changed his whole temperament and character and became nice when Jesus came. But that's not true. That's not who God is. God was loving all along because Jesus Christ, as God's love, was there all along. In the Old Testament, before the Old Testament, before time began, God is love and God is light and God is holy and God is gracious was still there. 
So Jesus' birth was the dawn of redeeming grace. It was just getting started. And there's so many more promises of God that have yet to be fulfilled. And Christmas just reminds us that this is the beginning of God's plan when Jesus came to earth. There would be so much more that God wanted to do through Jesus. And there's still so much more that God wants to do through Jesus. And so Jesus will come again. The first coming of Jesus means there's going to be a second coming. And all the longings of our hearts, all our dreams of peace will come true. Revelation 21, verses 3 through 5, talks about what the world will be like, what that peace that got started at Christmas will finally find its ultimate culmination. Verse 3, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And he will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne says, and this is Jesus Christ, I am making everything new. Christmas is just the start. The start of God's redemption. The start of God's peace. So if you were going to draw a picture of the Christmas story that represents your understanding, what would you draw? The little girl didn't quite get all the details down, but what would we draw? What details would we miss? Is there an area of your life that needs heavenly peace to make it new again? Jesus is waiting for you to join him in deeper relationship this Christmas. Merry Christmas, let's pray. Lord God, we need your peace on this silent night as we sing this very popular carol as we start to the close of our service. Lord, may we realize what we sing. May we realize the heavenly peace. May we realize the quaking of your holiness, your brightness, your glory, your majesty. May this Christmas remind us that it's just the start that your grace and your love And your peace will extend through the whole year. And one day you will bring it across the face of the entire earth when you come again. So Lord, make this Christmas a memorable one of family, of celebrating, but especially of relationship with you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.